0: wake up now good morning morning. happy new year it's good to see you yes it is good to be seen tell your neighbor that it's good to see you good Good come on look at a neighbor golly y'all are got to get moving in here I know it's a new year welcome hello good morning so you got to be on time or I'm gonna embarrass you Diane and Dave all right all the way up in the front seat Uh, Welcome to Seventh Street Christian Church. Welcome to January 2020. Um, ah, Hello Dickinsons. Happy New Year. (coughs) A few announcements. Um, Oh boy. Uh, All right. There's going to be a Faith Family and Friends January 24th. That did not get it into. That did not get into the newsletter. Um, But we are planning on it. So for those of you who are new, um, which actually there's a lot of you, Faith, Family, and Friends is uh, a Friday evening family activity that we do. We usually have a potluck dinner and then have some form of, like, entertainment or activity. One time we made pies. One time we did composting. This year, Jess, what are you doing on the 24th? We're going to paint some rocks. More information coming. (laughs) All right. Anyway, mark your calendars. It's it's always a lot of fun. It's a great way to just relax after a a tough work week. Kid-friendly, everything friendly. Um, There's also Liberation Veterans Services today after church. That is a ministry that we participate in where um, a group goes over to Liberation Veteran Services over on Southside off of Hull Street, and um, we take and eat lunch with the veterans um, that are there. So if anyone can participate and go and hang out um, and do that. This morning, Janet fixed the meal. Where did she go? She's probably checking on the meal. She's fixing it. Literally, she's fixing it and checking on it. So, um, but that immediately uh, is people. They leave immediately following worship. And if you are interested in just tagging along and going today, um, just come and see myself or Janet or who is anyone else going? Steve or Steve. They can. We can all give you the address. Um, and so you might want to learn more about that. Um, we need greeters. We need people to help out with worship services. So we need new greeters for the 3rd, f- 4th, and 5th Sundays. So greeting is when you hand out bulletins. Um, Ms. Sharon did it today. Did a great job. Who was helping you? Pardon? Who was helping you at the other end? Was that you? Yes, and Cheryl Logie, so you can help by passing out bulletins. And hugging people. And hugging people. That's right. If they want to be hugged, if they don't want to be hugged, don't, be hugged <laughs> don't hug them. Respect their space. Um, we also need people to sign up to worship for worship, like worship leaders and prayers of the people, things like that. And that can all be done um, in a sign-up sheet along with the daunting welcome hallway. So um, someone, Pat Mays asked, when are we going to clean up um, our Christmas decorations? That's up to you. Feel free to drop by any time this week and <laughs> pick them up. <laughs> I don't have a date, but uh, if you do have time available, I'll send an email out. Please respond. If, let me know, um, and we can coordinate some time to to pick up. Yes. No. Oh no. Oh. Oh, you probably have to turn the chancel on. So press on the left side. You know how you have. Um, Press the top button, because there's a certain set of channels. You know how. All right, Jamie's going to come help you. Um, thank you, choir. Sorry about that. All right, a couple of other announcements. There are some, there you go. That sounded helpful. Maybe. Um, there's a couple of other things that are about to take place. Starting tomorrow, Rabbi Mike Knopf um, over down at Temple Beth El, and I are leading a new class on the prophets. That information, when you get your magnifying glass out, is on the back of your bulletin. I also printed out some sheets that you can pick up and read. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Come talk to me if you're interested in that. Don't feel that you have to commit to all five weeks. Um, but I definitely think it's going to be a very interesting conversation. We definitely want interfaith dialogue. So there's already like 10 people from his congregation signed up. And that's awesome. I would love to have at least 10 um, people from our congregation or at least who can represent the Christian voice. So that we can actually have a dialogue um, with, with scripture. So it, I, I'm really excited. And I think we're all going to learn a great deal. So bless you, Cheryl. Um, the other thing I just want to bring to your attention is that if you didn't see it in the newsletter, on January 19th we're having an open and affirming learning session. So um, I shared about that in a letter in the news in in a letter in the newsletter in the January newsletter. And so I hope you you will mark your calendars for that important conversation that happens on. January 19th following worship and so it's just an opportunity to learn more about how 7th Street Christian Church um, uh, Can learn about what it means to be open and affirming to our LGBTQ community So and here at at 7th Street So and thank you to Rich Volz who's leading that conversation uh, To learn more so I've already talked too much. I apologize This is a wandering service, and oh, Jamie's still up there. Did you get it, guys? Is the chance? Can y'all hear us now? I'll come up in a second and help. All right. With that said, our opening hymn is "Joy to the World," our gathering song. We're just gonna do the first verse, but definitely Jensen. We need some instruments. Can you pass those out? Yes. Oh yes! Thank you so much, Steve. awesome is
1: it a Saturday? A Saturday. it's
0: a Saturday yeah thank you Steve alright let us stand as you are able as the spirit leads let us sing the first verse of 143 joy to the world Christ is born among us thank you Gerald joy to
2: Please remain standing. Good morning. Join with me in the call to worship. The turning of the year.
1: It's the time to look forward
2: while holding on
1: to those moments in the year past,
2: when we suddenly become aware, with us. we waste time if we look back in anger or regret.
1: Forward
2: in fear. Though these days are short, they can have epiphany, a season of clear seeing, life in perspective, with all its possibilities, guide dreams and discoveries at this turning point in our lives. May your epiphany open our eyes. Maybe we be wise enough to Father, fools for christ's sake and as we step into another year our journey home to you may we find courage to go a different way please remain standing for our opening hymn it's the first noel located on page 151 of your hymnal remain standing for our opening prayer. God of light and love, in this very moment the star still beckons. Gather us and let the star call us to new ways of restoration and renewal, justice and mercy, as we discover again Christ's call to discipleship. Amen. Amen. At peace with God, let us now offer the peace of Christ to one another. be seated. The first reading comes to us from Psalm 72, 1 through 7, and then 10 through 14. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice, May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy, and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures, as long as the moon, throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth in his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more may the kings of tarshish and of the isles render him tribute may the kings of sheba and seba bring gifts may all kings fall down before him all nations give him service For he delivers the needy when they call, and the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy. He saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. The word of the Lord.
0: Our second scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking... Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for... For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, Bring me word, so I too can pay my respects. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word... ...of the Lord. A few days ago... ...my friend... ...our friend... ...Jamie Lynn Haskins... ...who usually sits right about there... ...texted me a picture... ...of her beloved dog... ...Bernie. We all know Bernie. Laying in bed with her head on the pillow, and her soft, sweet eyes looking up into the camera as if to say, Are we done yet? I don't want to get up. And I responded back to this text and said, I get it, Bernie. Me either. During the holidays, we have a perplexing combination of busyness and family time and no time and time off and traveling. All of this to to say, at Christmas time, as the Christmas season comes to an official end, we can all feel a little bit like Bernie. Hungover from too much busyness or maybe just hungover, I don't know, needing just a few more days to decompress and not wanting to get out of bed. But traveling is still very much going on, and on this Sunday, we celebrate the arrival of some other travelers, the wise men, or the magi, who we are told arrived at the home of Joseph and Mary in Bethlehem. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about the Magi. We don't know who they were or where they came from. And while we talk about there being three, we actually don't know. We just assume that there are three because they brought three gifts gold frankincense, and myrrh. And and somehow by the 5th century, they had actually been given names. We do not know how long it took them to get to Bethlehem or how old Jesus was at the time that they got there. We don't even know a great deal about the infamous star. But not knowing is okay. It's the story that is important. As comparative religion scholar Joseph Campbell has shared, myth is much more important and truer than history. History is just journalism, and we know how reliable that is. In her book, Another Way Home, or Home by Another Way, Barbara Brown Taylor shares her own version of the wise men's story. She writes, once upon a time there were three, yes three, very wise men who were all still sitting in their own countries minding their own business when a bright star lodged in the right eye of each one of them. It was so bright that none of them could tell whether it was burning in the sky or in their imaginations. But they were so wise, they knew it did not matter all that much. The point was something beyond them was calling them, and it was a tug. They had been waiting for all of their lives. Each in his own country had tried books, had tried magic, tried astrology, even reflexology. One had spent his entire fortune learning how to read and write ruins. Another lived on nothing but dry herbs boiled in water. The third could walk on hot coals, but it did nothing for him beyond the great sense of relief he felt in the end. They were all glad for a reason to get out of town, because that was clearly where the star was calling them out away from everything they knew how to manage and survive, out from under the reputations that they had built for themselves, the high expectations, the disappointing returns. And so they set out, one by one, each believing that he was the only one with a star in his eye, until they all ran into one another on the road to Jerusalem. While we may not know who they were or exactly where they were from, we do know that these Magi set out on a faithful journey to find out more about their world, about faith, about their own lives and their own hearts. Our story seems to be very clear that they also had an audience with King Herod. And when they met with him, they asked him a question. Where is the child who has been born the Messiah, the King of the Jews? Now I can only imagine how the stomach of King Herod dropped out in this moment. I can imagine him becoming pale and a little woozy, surprised and scared by this question. King Herod, while the king of Israel, was a client king of the Romans. He had a great deal of wealth and authority as long as he didn't displease the Roman overlords. Herod, who wanted to pass on his position, I'm sure within his own family, had not received news of any recent children that he had had. And I imagine him asking himself, Are the Romans upset with my leadership? Who are these wise men and what do they know that I do not? And I can imagine that King Herod took a breath and he dug down deep as any strong leader would to put on his best poker face, his best chess face. He had to hide his anger. He had to hide his remonstrance. What is going on? Herod wanted to learn who his new rival might be, so he played along with the magi. And he questioned these wise men. What makes you think a new king has been born? And the wise men explained their story. And not knowing what the wise men were talking about, Herod asked all the priests and scribes, surely they would know. And indeed, they did. The prophet Micah wrote that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. And so King Herod said, well, wise men, you're about five miles off. Go to Bethlehem and search there. And if you find anything that resembles a royal baby, please come back and tell me, because I too would like to um, pay my respects. Overcome with joy, the wise men pay their respects. And maybe it was the dream... Maybe it was Herod's strange attitude when they met with him. Maybe it was both. But the wise men, being wise, didn't trust him. And instead of going back to Herod as he had wished, they headed home by another way. And that foreboding dream came to Joseph too. And he told Mary to never mind the pack and play, but to get Jesus. And they fled to Egypt. And when Herod realized that he had been tricked by the wise men, he slaughtered all the male babies around Bethlehem that were two years or younger. We don't like to include this part of the story in our Christmas story. This part, this sad part, this scary part. We like our Christmas story to conclude nicely with the birth of baby Jesus. We like to mush all the nativities together with the shepherds and the wise men all being there when Jesus was born because I'm sure Mary wanted nothing else than an audience while giving birth. We like to keep our Christmas story clean and tidy and filled with good tidings and filled with good feelings and sugar plums. We want our story to be loving and hopeful and comforting. And well... The slaughtering of the innocents kind of cramps that style. But if we've learned anything as we have explored Advent from the underside, it is that we acknowledge all the tensions that we experience during this season. That we can't always feel joyful or full of peace and hope and love. And we have given ourselves permission to feel whatever we might be experiencing. We tried not to gloss over the hard stuff. We made room for the sadness and pain or the fear. And we have done our best to sit with these feelings without judgment. So, too, let us honor our Christmas story. Let us know that it's not just Advent from the underside, but Christmas from the underside, too. Let us not amputate the hard, challenging parts that provides context and meaning and gives rise to the love and hope and comfort. Because I think it will be much easier easier to hold the spirit of Christmas much closer and much longer if we are willing to acknowledge the beauty and the dark realities of it. When we embrace Christmas from the underside, the birth of a child to a teenage unwed mother, and the journey of the wise men, and the monstrous ruler that slaughtered babies, we are reminded that God's power has to contend with the terrible powers and principalities of this world. The world hasn't changed so much in 2,000 years. The birth of Jesus still happens into a world of brokenness and political controversies and oppressive forces. When already 2020 is off to a rough start, at least if you're paying attention to the news, our president has killed a top Iranian general. We are on the brink of war with Iran our troops, including those very close to home in our own community, like Alex Slesher's son, will be deployed. When Australia is burning and we are ignoring climate change, and this doesn't even take into account our own personal challenges, our 2020, while early, is sprinkled with Herod's. And we can most certainly identify with our friend Bernie the Bernadoodle, desiring to just stay in bed a little while longer. I will be honest, I find it difficult to find words of hope. Not just for you, but for myself. I find it easier to hunker down in my social media rants and scroll through my Amazon app to figure out what else I can buy to make myself feel better or escape by watching my new binge show called Restoration Man than to pay attention and to process what in God's name is happening in our world and wondering what in God's name I can actually do about it. But I am at least able to lower my heart rate for a few moments when I recall the words from the writer of the letter to the Hebrews who reminds us that God shares it all. That God came in flesh to help us out. That God is with us in any suffering, in all the suffering. And so I am rendered in a few moments of clarity that even though horrors and atrocities are still a part of this world, that the birth of Christ creates the hope that the powers and principalities will not win the day and can, in fact, by God's power and birth in Jesus Christ, be overcome. Like many of us, or maybe not any of us, I was packing up my Christmas decorations this weekend. Pat hasn't gotten to hers yet. And I was removing all of the ornaments off the tree, and I took the wreath off the door, and I packed away the extra lights that were strung through the house, and I thought, well, Christmas is over. But I also thought to myself, what what can I leave up to remind myself that this story of Christmas isn't actually over? How can I remind myself, as our Christmas officially comes to a close today with epiphany, that it's not the client king and the herods of this world that save. It is not military might that brings peace. But that peace comes through the birth of a child. In a stable. How can I remind myself of the chutzpah of the Magi, who courageously sought out questions and explored new lands, who outwitted Herod and tried a different way. A different way home. So while we are packing away our Christmas decorations, what, if anything, Will we choose to keep out so as not to forget this story and the work before us? That God is indeed with us and that there is light in the darkness? Is it the Advent wreath that proclaims God with us and that God is the center of our joy and our hope and our peace and love? Is it the nativity set that reminds us that God came in flesh as a vulnerable baby? Is it those extra Christmas lights reminding us that the light of Christ is still very much in the world if we let it? The feast of Epiphany today brings the Christmas season to an end. But the Christmas story doesn't have to end, nor should it end. So I again leave us with a poem from African-American theologian and educator and civil rights leader, Howard Thurman, called The Work of Christmas. That when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, When the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, and to make music in the heart. I invite us to respond in song through our hymn of commitment as we sing As With Gladness, found on page 173. I invite us to stand as you are able.
3: be seated let us pray dear heavenly father we come to you this morning at the beginning of a new year and decade with an old question that has been asked by mankind for centuries what were you thinking you surely created the most contradictory and mercurial creature When you breathed life into the first humans, you gave us an almost infinite capacity for compassion and love, but paired it with an incredible potential for violence and hate. Daily, we see examples of people engaged in selfless heroics and inspiring charity to their neighbors next to acts of unthinkable cruelty and depravity. You You equipped us with an extraordinary intelligence and curiosity about our world and universe, but put no restrictions on how we use it. We discovered nuclear energy while trying to find more efficient ways to kill each other. We traveled to the moon and back on Nazi rockets. We developed computers and phones and networks that give each of us the unprecedented ability to instantaneously communicate with nearly every other person on earth and we use them to bicker and bully and snipe and harass, defame and manipulate and disconnect from each other. You sent Jesus to provide us with a simple message of how we were to treat each other, and we fought wars over the minor differences in our interpretation of that message. You allowed us knowledge and wisdom, but didn't require us to use either. We thank you, Father, that despite all of this, you continue to love us and bless us. Help us to use these blessings you have given us to comfort each other, to ease the suffering of those less fortunate, to uplift each other. Guide us to make better choices in which we consider the impact of our actions on our neighbors and our planet. Grant us the ability to focus on those things that will improve our lives without costing others theirs. Keep us safe from ourselves and our hubris. Help us to remember that though sometimes we fail to follow the example of Christ, that we should never fail to try. Amen.
0: We have seen the light of the world. We have been called to follow the star of promise. Like the Magi, let us bring our gifts to honor the babe of Bethlehem and bring the light to all the dark places in our community and our world. Let us share our tithes and offerings. Ago, travelers laid their gifts before the Christ child. We too bring our gifts with great joy. God, use our gifts for justice and righteousness, that oppression and violence may cease and peace may flourish. May the light of your love shine through our living, that suffering may end and all may rejoice in your gift of life. Amen. You may be seated. By the light of the star, God led travelers to the Christ child. And when they saw the child, they were overwhelmed with joy. By the light of divine love, God leads us to this holy meal. Gathered together, we encounter the living Christ and taste the deepest joy. Let us sing our communion hymn, verses 1 and 5 of We Three Kings. As we gather around this table, we remember that on the night before Jesus died, he gathered with his friends and he took bread and blessed it and broke it and said, This bread is like my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, he poured out the wine and blessed it and said, The wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins poured out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray.
2: Holy God, you said, remember this, and we intentionally remember. You said, Jesus is the bread of life. We remember. We are so very thankful for this soul food that sustains us. Amen.
4: Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we come to this table with grateful hearts. May the joy of being Christian be evident in our lives. We bring into your presence our hopes, dreams, problems, uh, anxieties, joys, and sorrows, because you are our God. We give thanks for this cup of salvation representing Jesus' blood shed for us. As we remember him, make your presence felt more keenly so our moments of rededication may reflect your will for our (laughs) daily living. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.
0: Let us pray. God, may your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, shine with the radiance of Christ's story. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Let us stand as we are able to join our voices in our closing hymn, Angels from the Realms of Glory. We will sing verses 1, 3, and 4. receive this benediction. Now take the word of God into the world and place hope in the arms of others. Take the word of Jesus into the world and follow to serve beside him in all the broken places. Now take the word of the spirit into the world and bring others near to the kingdom where all are welcome. Amen.